How you doing? This is the Epic Experiment Podcast. It's episode 165. Nope, I lied. 166. I'm your host, Bruce. And I'm Pete, and we're talking all things uh, Murders of Karlov. I mean, Magic the Gathering. Oh, uh, yeah! <laughs> <laughs> well, we're, we're solving mysteries, and we are presenting clues. And Bruce, what are we doing? How, how can people find us? Well, if you want to get a hold of us, you can always go find all of our content available on thelotuscouncil.com. Also, our show circulates a number of, of different Discord servers, so you can go find uh, the direct link to the show there, or on social media on all of our favorite stuff. Yeah, so the case oh. of the case of us is uh, not solved yet. Let's 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 keep rolling. <laughs> no, not yet. All right, this week, folks, we're going to kick off with a little garbaggio or great. Are you ready, Pete? I'm always ready. Let's 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 get after it. Okay, here we go. Tonight, I found I went a little bit outside of my regular wheelhouse because I usually find the new cards. This week, I found something that's an old card. It's been reprinted on the list. But it's uh, an old card from Exodus called Oath of Scholars. Um, And this is sort of in the same vein as Oath of Druids, which is a super powerful card from days gone by that uh, still sees lots of play. But Oath of Scholars is a similar but different unique effect. So let's see what you think, Pete. Three and a blue for an enchantment. (laughs) And at the beginning of each player's upkeep, that player chooses target player who has more cards in hand than they do and is their opponent. The first player may discard their hand and draw three cards. Okay, so... so oh. Okay, first of all, disclaimer. We definitely talked about this, man. We did a segment a long time ago where we talked about each Oath cycle. Like, because we talked about uh, Oath of Druids. I swear to God, man. Okay, fine. You, you're going to go dive, deep dive, and go find it for me because I, I, can't, will go, look, I, will go I can't look in Podbean without my head exploding. So... Anyway, so back to the card, though. Uh, I think this is very interesting um, because this, late in the game, when people's resources are very low, especially their hand is not sculpted, this could really help someone who is is purposefully discarding cards for value or they've run out of gas and they want to try to refill their hand. Um and I feel like blue, because they have the potential to make people skip the upkeep, uh, they could really run away with this, with this particular Ooh. effect. I think with uh, decks that force draw, like, you know, Nekuzar might not play this, but also it could be really strong if they're forcing them mm-hmm. to draw cards. Right, right. And, all, and discard cards, because that's what that deck does. I'm thinking more outside the box, though, like, a deck where you're, like, exiling cards off the top, and you're, like, you're, you're playing, like, Spell Slinger. Uh, sort of effects mm-hmm. where you just need some way to get a few extra cards to look at some more information. I really like that it's in the upkeep because there's the potential to uh, potential to stop somebody from doing something problematic. Um, it also enables smothering tithe, which might be a problem for players as well. Mm-hmm. But the good thing is there's a choice being made, so it makes your opponents have to really think about do they want the three cards or not. Or do they want to just not worry about this? I'm wondering. I'm sur- assuming some group hug decks will run this card, uh, like Kinos and Tyrion. But I don't know. Mm. What do you think? Granted, like this is a very old card. Many people haven't seen in a while. So I was thinking this card. Uh, I again, I think my first inclination is to say this card is 
really not what people want to be doing anymore because four mana four mana in commander these days is often sort of like that 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 point in the game where if you don't have something impactful that impacts the board in a meaningful way, you're probably going to get steamrolled by somebody. Um, however, this one I think has enough applicability where I think I might be risking roll prepared to roll the dice on it too. Um, and I was looking a different way, although the fact that you wanted to skip somebody's upkeep it makes you kind of a bad person. <laughs> That's kind of a dirty trick. But um, <laughs> I was thinking something along the lines of Riel to start with, because Riel sure. um, yeah, rewards you great. rewards you for discarding yeah. cards, so you could discard a whole bunch of stuff, um, so long as you can trigger this. Um, Eruth is another one, so that's a similar red blue commander from Shadows. No, Bone Miser. Bone Miser's great. Uh, the Dracosaur, yeah. the the red, bo- uh, the the red. It's like a badger or something. Four mana. Mm-hmm. Whenever you discard a land, make a treasure. Whenever you discard a non-land, you know, put a plus one plus one counter on it. Whenever you discard, yeah. a, whatever. Yeah. Like that would be an interesting way to enable too. What about Kydel? What about Kaidel chosen of the cho- chosen of Crufix? Where you tap Kydel's it to add interesting. Uh, tap it to add mana, uh, manage your mana pool for each card you draw in this turn. So if you've managed yeah. to enable this and draw a bunch of cards, right, right, right. and this and because this triggers in your upkeep, you're still going to draw one more for your turn. Mm-hmm. So I think this is I I think this has got some really neat applicability with a with a variety of different commanders. That are not sort of the the obvious rank and file commanders. Um, I kind of am interested in this one, and I might be willing to go and spend the sixty cents to go and try it out. Uh, I think it's got some some neat neat capacity. So I like it. I'm kind of I'm kind of sold on this one, and I I'll, I'm going to take you up and go look in our show notes if we have previously done this one, and I don't. I don't remember having talked about this, but I'll take your word for it that we may have. Um, I wonder if we came to the same conclusion then as we did tonight, that the card is probably secretly gas. Underrated. Yeah, I mean, I'm thinking about Song of Creation too, like that when people saw that card initially, they were like, this card is kind of crap. And then they realized how they could break it in half. And then it was like, oh, wow, that's crazy. Right? So like a lot of these discard your hand effects aren't as, I think, not as negative, like not as uh, detrimental as people first think because... If you're playing fast and you're playing full of gas, then yeah, <laughs> I just made a rhyme there. That's terrible. But you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> if, if like if your curve is so freaking low, it doesn't even matter because you're going to be playing all of the cards out of your mm-hmm. hand anyway. Yeah. If you're playing like a like a, a a deck like like blue black where you're discarding cards, drawing cards, you're looting, you're you know playing a lot of removal, so one off for one sort of replacement. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's really nice to get that back. Uh, granted, I don't know. We'd have to see, but the next card, uh, this card we have, I've been split on this because I think this card is secretly pretty cool, but you think it's terrible because you don't like Fallen Empires, but that's very fair. No, cause, cause I, Fallen Empires I, really just ruined your magical time at that point, didn't it? Well, I, I, I remember, I have vivid memories of having played with Fallen Empires cards <laughs> and all the terrible... And George fungus. bullied you? <laughs> Well, no, well, yes, yes, that. But, you know, we, we were playing with, like, that was the first time they really gave us, like, kindred or, or tribal materials enough to do stuff. Because yeah. in, like, the original th- sets, like, there was, like, Goblin King, uh, there was uh, there was a Black Zombie Lord, and there was Lord of, Lord of Atlantis, which were all sort of tribal lords. 
but they didn't really have a payoff because there weren't enough elves or goblins or zombies to really matter. So they gave us them in, in uh, Fallen Empires, but they were so rotten that you're like, I don't want to play these terrible. Yeah. So anyway, cards. this land, this card, yeah, Rainbow Veil. Okay, Rainbow oh Veil is five dollars. It says add one man of any color. An opponent gains control of Rainbow Veil at the beginning of the next end step. Ah, no. No. Don't play this. Okay, so the fact that you're going to give this away to somebody else um, means that you're going to be potentially down a mana. So yes, it fixes you for all five colors, but giving it away, and then if the table decides they're going to play politics with you, they could literally deny you a land for the remainder of the game. And I... If I'm putting land in my deck, I want to know that I'm going to be able to utilize them when I want to utilize them for my spells and not find myself in a hole having to like essentially time walk myself because my land my 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 land drop ended up in front of you. So I like I'm not down for this card. This is not well, the sort of resource I'm prepared to to give away. So no thank you. Okay, so you think passing lands are bad? I think passing lands are good, especially when they don't actually get passed. So my typical thing would be tap it, bounce it back to my hand, play like a tap land, like a Karoo land, or sacrifice it, and they never get it. The other thing is, uh, in decks that need the fixing, one fixing doesn't matter if you crush them for you know 50 damage in a turn. You know what I mean? Like, I'll give it to you, and then you die, which is fine. Like, I don't care. Um... Yeah, you know what I mean? I, I feel like there's just potential that we're not seeing with this Fallen Empire yeah. card but like, because of the fact work. that like oh. fixing, fixing is great. Work. It doesn't even work with Homeward Path. Like you can't even get your back. So you have them having to use the um, the Tristani. The like if you want to get it back and like steal it back from your opponent and keep it, then you need the Tristani Discordant. Where no, that's gains all creatures again. So. Like, there's no easy way to, if you, once you've given so, it away to win it back, how about, having... like, how about, like, denying them the land with, like, a field of ruin, right? Like, you, you tap your land, then you give it to them, and then you play field of ruin, and you, like, and you activate it, and you crush that land to give it back to you, so they never actually get to use it. That would be uh, funny. I don't know, man. Like, funny. I feel like there's just ways, like, what if you animate the land and you, like, killed it? Like, you sacrificed it at instant speed with, like, I don't know. An like altered adventure or something? Yeah, something <laughs> stupid like that. Or, like, like Obun, right? Like, like Obun making it, like, a, a creature land and then, like, swinging with them. Anyway, I'm just thinking about, Whoa. like, stupid things you could do with it where, like, you could miss like, yeah. it, you could turn it into a elemental or whatever. Yeah, I mean, or something like dumb, that, or like you can do dumb things with it, but I'm not sure that dumb things are good things. So I'm like, do I want this card? I'm like, I'm like, I guess. I mean, I guess if you're if you're putting in this deck, you're accepting that you're going to do something silly, and that's okay. So it's it's a mind. Like, I guess it has to be a mindset. Yeah, like like Blim, or you're playing Zedru or something. Like like then yeah. you're passing it yeah. on purpose because you're getting an effect that's even better than the land that you gave them. Um. The consideration is like, I would personally play this as a political piece because everybody deserves to play something cool, and it would be cool to like, you know, be like, "Hey, Dave, here you go, buddy," or like, "Hey, Nick," or like, "Hey, you know what I mean?" So like, 
XYZ person, uh, or like you go to an LGS you've never seen anybody before, and you're just like, I'm going to play this this land, and I'm going to give it to you. You would, you would definitely be the talk of the table. Like, are you, like yeah. to me, like Pete, you're channeling your inner YOLO right here. You're like, YOLO! Anyway, so things we do care about are these uh, spicy new cards. And Ooh, are there ever some spicy ones? Woo. My uh, my inclination here is that I think uh, the first one, the first one is uh, I've seen it play in in standard, but I also want it in a deck, and I'll tell you why, Bruce. So um, I can I can read this, or we can just. Read the name. How do you want to? How do you want to do this particular? I think since since art. these cards are are new, and I'm going to be honest, I haven't seen many of them myself. I think Fair it's enough. worth a while having a quick, you know, read read of the cards so we can have a quick chat sure. about it. Um, because I don't know what all these cards do either. I had to have to sit down and really parse these out. So what's this first one? What is this? So this card is Voja. So V O J Jaws of the Conclave. It's two colorless, a red, uh, a green, and a white, so it's Naya-colored. It's a legendary creature wolf. It's a 5-5 five, five with Vigilance, Trample, and Ward 3. Ooh, and whenever nice. it attacks, put X plus 1 plus 1 counters on each creature you control, where X is the number of elves you control, and then draw a card for each wolf you control. Uh, Bruce, what do you think about this card? So, In all things and purposes. I'll tell you well, why after why I think it's a good card. I think uh, it's a good card. I think it's a really. I think it's a good card. But I, my, my brain gets stuck on the conditions by which you have to play it. So you have to, if you want to get counters, you have to be playing elves, and if you want to draw cards, you have to play wolves. And the elves, I'm pretty cool with because elves are a thing. Um, and if you're playing Naya, you're playing a heavy greed deck with some with red and white to complement what you're doing. That makes sense. Um, and so you build a board, a wide board, lots of LV tokens. Um, I was looking at this with Lanor Mentor, which is another card that allows you to create extra Lanor Elves. Um, but I mean, I also, if you're discarding play creatures or whatever, you want to be able to recoup some of those cards. And I don't know how many wolves that are worth being played to complement Voja. So I mean, that was where I got stuck on when I was evaluating this card. Is like, so, how do I make this yeah. condition work for me? So, yeah, I mean, it's not like a typical elf creature type matters mm -hmm. thing where like you play it and it immediately just kind of crushes everything and everyone in its path. I like it because I want to put it into a slot in my tokens deck because I think like I, I need to buy a Wolverine's Rider. Unfortunately, it spiked because of this card. It's now a $10 card. It used to be like $2 Ooh. or dollar. But I like to make tokens every upkeep, and then I like to, on my turn, give them haste, because Fabian gives them haste, and just kind of like swing with a ton of damage, and she buffs my entire team, so even with it swinging as a 6-6 six, six or a 7-7, seven, seven, getting a plus 2, plus 2 from the parlay trigger, it still nets me at least one card, so it replaces itself, and I'm always looking for these sorts of like curve to five like i'm looking to go mm -hmm. from three to five immediately or two to four because of the right. two mana rocks i'm playing not rocks the two mana ramp spells i'm playing the creatures that ramp me out and mm -hmm. then um my my curve out is really five six and then there's maybe one or two like x spells that might be put in there 
I need to put some buyback in there too to make more tokens, but I was thinking the dream would be mask with Nexus, turn everything into everything, and then draw my whole deck. <laughs> right, yeah, no, for sure. Because that would be really interesting. Um, a weird utility way of using this card. Rather than looking at it in a box, is like, I do have some elves and I have some ways to make elves, but this is more of like an interesting, in my opinion, a way of like, Promoting two creature types that like one never had that support and one has too much support, so it's like in the middle, which I right. appreciate. But yeah. anyway, that's how uh, I look I, at I, it. I guess I mean one thing I had forgotten to consider was like the changeling angle, where you have changelings, and Maxwell Nexus allows you to tap into that with a with a pretty wide abu- abundance. Um, but you also have other changelings that you can play in these colors that you yeah. know, also get the benefit of what elves and wolves and whatnot. So. I mean, I think the, the thing's an undeniable stat monster. Like, it's a huge body. Right. That's Ward the other thing three, I can say, right? It has, it has that protection. Yeah, Ward 3 is like, may as well read Hexproof. Like, the number of times that you're keen to fire off a spell at this thing and say, well, I'll happily pay the Ward 3 is like, mm, not really. Right. So, I, I think the card is an absolute stats monster. And I guess you, and if you can trigger that the, those secondary abilities with any degree of regularity, I think the card is excellent. And then so, like it's it's exciting, and I reach, it's an exciting card. And like I I can't deny it. Like there are me, situations like, where I do go tall in that deck, where like there's mm-hmm. one big fat creature. I guess you could say even Fabian becomes like a eleven, like a nine eleven or or whatever sometimes because of the buff. So because it's a five seven, I think, or five something like that. It's like mm-hmm. a weird stat. Where like it's like its toughness is huge and its power is pretty bad, but when it comes to like the this the subtle sort of buffs that the cards can get, um, that's nice. It, it kind of plays into some of the other ways I've looked at these cards. The next one. Now, can I ask you a question before we move yeah. on from this Boja? Yeah, does Boja cool. work in conjunction with, with werewolves, or does it have to be specifically a wolf? It has to be a wolf, I believe. I thought so too. And so werewolves like Tovalar me, and whatnot let me look, don't play let me well. Let look with at it. its ruling real quick. It would have been nice if it does. It would be amazing if it did. But so much of like so many of the cards in this have been printed as werewolves that I'm like, well, let's just get would it be possible to get you know I don't see anything cards. here. I don't think it. I think it's literally just whatever it says on the card is what it, what it produces. Yeah. So it can, so so it, it like plays along with like things like Anara and other good wolves like this. Even even um, planeswalkers like Arlen Cord and Arlen where they make wolves is pretty good mm, oh yeah. because like you play say you play on turn three you play Rhythm of the Wild and then you play that and you make two wolves and then you play Voha and instead of giving it a counter because it doesn't really matter you just give mm-hmm. it haste and then on yeah. turn five you're swinging you're gaining you're drawing three cards mm-hmm. and there's the potential so there's potential there but anyway so potential versus potential drawback is always what we're right. looking for anyway. anyway but yeah so cool card and uh i, I would, i'm i'm keen to see what people do with it because I, I it's not something that i'm looking to play but i can understand why people are excited for it so the next card, a dollar, by the way, that one is a little bit more expensive. So I don't, I'm not going to say the price until it potentially drops for pre-release mm, purposes. Right. But case of the Crimson Pulse is a three mana enchantment case. It's two colors and a red. When it ETBs, discard a card, then draw two. 
to solve it, which means that if it's unsolved, solve at the beginning of your end step, you have no cards in your hand, so you're hellbent. And then once it becomes solved, at the beginning of your upkeep, discard your hand, then draw two cards. Similar to what we talked about earlier with the uh, oath. Yeah. Bruce, what do you think about this potential? Or do you I, think of this as like a wasted slot in three? No, I don't. I think I, I like this card. I almost like it a little bit better than the oath because of the fact that it's a mana cheaper. Um, and it has a very similar ability. I know it's not the same, but it's very similar in, as as the as the oath of uh, oath of scholars. So I really like this ability here. The only, I mean, and and we know the drawback. The drawback is that eventually, like you draw after it's solved, you're going to discard your hand and draw two cards and draw your third for your turn. So you have three cards in hand and you have to use them like this turn before your next upkeep and. So your long-term planning sort of goes out the window, but if you're trying to chain gas together, I think this is fun. Like I think this is like this sort of card that excites me because it is is it's fun. It keeps the game lively because you're always churning through your through your cards. If you're playing um, decks that are like they either play a lot of removal uh, and you need to get them into your hand, or you're playing like recursion of some sort. Like my my biggest uh, one of the coolest cards I think that they've come out with the last few years is it's a little bit controversial, but the Sauron that allows you to discard your hand and draw cards when an army deals combat damage. Mm. Uh, I think that card's really good, but also because of the fact that like eventually you net positive with the cards that you're discarding versus the cards that you're drawing, so you're always drawing more than you're actually discarding, even mm. though it takes a turn cycle to do it. Um, and then there are ways that you can get around punishing, like getting punished for that. Um, because, you know, well, sometimes people are punished for the amount of cards they have in their hand. Um, I, I hope Fuji puts this in his mono red deck, because that would be kind of mm, neat. Yes. And also, like, my mono red deck that has burn in it, it's hard sometimes for me to refill my hand. So this is a way that potentially, I might not put this in there immediately, but the wheels, wheeling everybody versus just sort of wheeling yourself is pretty, uh, I think, pretty good. This with Bag of Holding. It's bag of Holding yeah. is your friend. So yeah. I, 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 think this is a, I think this card is, I'm, like, I'm glad you spotted it. I missed it when I was perusing the set. Um, Appreciate that. My, so I'm glad you pointed it out because I did not catch this, catch this card, but wow, do I think it's pretty neat. To me, it kind of reminds me of like the, the Tunnel Grinder card from uh, yeah. Lost Cabins of Ixalan. Which right. sort of fills a similar role, and I, I I like that one too. So I think this effect is neat. Um, this one's I repeatable like though. That one's a one-time gig for the most part. The other thing is, if you get two upkeeps, like say you play cards that like multiply your upkeep triggers, there's the potential that you could like you could storm off on your upkeep as well. So I think is it has the highest potential in my opinion regarding the way this reacts. Like you, you mentioned Riel earlier. Mm -hmm. Um, I also like, uh, again, I love Bone Miser. It's one of my favorite cards that they printed in the last 10 years. So, well, that's a really good card. So <laughs> <laughs> I just, I'm a sucker for that card and I've been playing it. Like I bought it years ago when I had a zombie tribal deck and now I've put it in like five to seven different decks in the last like two, three years, even it's been uh, flipping probably, around multiple decks. It's probably so, the best card too. It's probably the best card you have in those, in those decks. Right? It is like... Like low key, it just it, it makes you, it's build it's like an army in a box. So, yeah, you know. Uh, anyway, so the next one that I want to talk about, 
um, is this is a chase rare. I mean, we know this card is strong. I just figured mm-hmm. I'd mention it as like an exciting card because of the fact that this is what white was meant to do for so long. And it didn't uh, yeah. have the support for it, and now it does from the last three years. It has total support for this sort of strategy. But anyway, Delny Streetwise Lookout. It's a three-mana human scout, so it's in, you know, typal, uh, you know, kindred sort of uh, energy. And then creatures you control with power two or less can't be blocked by creatures with power three or greater, so it's a win con. And then the yep. ability of a creature you control with power two or less triggers it triggers an additional time. This literally makes every single weenie deck, like, salivate. I mean, yeah. this, is, yeah. this is insane. This is insane. Yeah. This card is super, super pu- pushed. Like, you have a panharmonica effect staple to a creature that's that synergizes with other right. cre- creatures that are just like it. Like it's yeah. super good, and it makes your it makes your mentor the meek or your welcoming vampire or your whatever else just pop off and go crazy. So I think this card like there's nothing to say. The card's outstanding. People are going to play it in, in in spades as they should. The card's really good. Um, this doubles Gallagreeters. This doubles. Uh... Oh. Yes, it, it does. doubles like there's so many weird ways people are going to find to crush like break this. It doubles blood artist. It doubles doubles all of the oh. typical weenie sort of effects. I'd call them weenies because they're small and they don't really do anything on their own. But when they get together in a group, they become hot dogs. You know what I'm saying? They become like full blown ballpark professionally grade. You know, well done hot dogs. Um, <laughs> so. Ah, man, like like any cantrip with this, any my God, I, there's so many rumor cards. I th- oh my goodness! Yeah, I know. Rumor gatherer. This. Oh no! So like every every card, every creature that ETBs is scry two, scry four. Yeah, karmic guide pull two guide? things oh, back. I I haven't. I mean, I know the card is good. I didn't go looking to see Alesha, what on. So, like, Alesha used to be one of the strongest, in my opinion, stacks decks because of the way it was built. Because you were playing cards that hated people out for playing, like, threatening power two or less. Yeah. Um, uh, Chupacabra killed two creatures for four mana because uh, it's yeah. a 2-2. Mm-hmm. Uh, you clone any of this stuff, right? You play Sakashima. You clone Delny. You play... Uh, another clone, like you can. Oh my goodness! Yeah, I mean, let's look. Let's keep looking here at all the all the cool there's toys. A lot, there's that it a gets. lot of nasty things that it can do. Yeah. Um, it's it's a kill on sight card, folks. Yeah, this this is this is very pushed. Right. Very I'm very done pushed. gushing about this card. <laughs> 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 the next two, I'm gonna bl- block them together because they're they're how I think about potentially uh, shifting the focus of the my pet deck for the last few years, which I've talked about many times on the show, is is, is uh Rutstein got a little bit more interesting. So mm, Okay. We've, we've got Izani Center of the Web. It's a six mana elf detective. It has menace. It's a five four, so it has pretty good stats. Whenever it enters the battlefield or attacks, so that's like pretty good. Uh, on its own, uh, you may collect evidence for. So, uh, collect evidence if people are not aware of this uh, effect. You can exile cards that equal mana value four or greater. It doesn't have to exactly be four, but it has to equal four. And if you do, you create two for this for this creature. If you uh, collect evidence for when it enters or attacks, uh, you create two two one black and green spider creature tokens with menace and reach. 
And then you can sacrifice four tokens, uh, surveil two, then draw two cards, and you gain two life. That's so silly. That is such a, like, that's such a trivial condition to meet if that, like, for Rutstein, because yeah. you're making a bajillion tokens that you're looking to sacrifice for anyway. And mm. so you're going to just keep your hand full of just goodness just uh, so easily. That's, ama- that's such a, that card is like tailor made to go play with Rusty and have them like just be when an absolute was, <laughs> menace. When this was spoiled, I, I like, I teared up a bit. And I'm not trying to be dramatic, but I was like, this is what I was missing. This is what I was looking for. Uh, maybe they were listening to our <laughs> podcast or something because I needed one more card that could help me close a game. And, and like, this is it for me. Granted, this card is very limited in what it does because it's very like the evidence for like, if you don't have a graveyard in Golgari, you're kind of doing it wrong most yeah. of the time. Um, so this is the reason this card is 25 cents right now. It's probably mm. going to be a lot less at this point. Yeah. Um, I don't see yeah. anyone playing it like applicably unless they're playing a way. Maybe they're playing like a uh, a deck that doesn't really care, like uh, like Sadisi, where they're if they exile them, they make even more effects if creatures leave their graveyard or something. Right. It's the cool is- thing is it, it does it it does it immediately. So like you can surveil, you can potentially sack four tokens the turn you play it, and then Ooh. when it attacks, you get to refill your graveyard and do it again. So that's the other consideration for this potential right. card. I just didn't even notice it had menace, so it has a, it has evasion, yeah. so it can. It can mm-hmm. facilitate getting into the red zone. So and this it gives creatures is... evasion too, because it makes two. It makes four power of menace, which is nice. It's yeah. like uh, it's yeah. like Loloth, sort of like Loloth, where it makes the spiders. Uh, yeah. So that with Loloth is super strong because you know you play this, you play Loloth on turn five, you play this on turn six, you activate it immediately, you get to do some more cool things. So yeah. anyway, I don't want to yeah. go too too hand in hand on this. <laughs> Uh, the, the next card, Unshakable Tail, I'm on the fence with because of what it does is very uh, greedy. It's three mana when it <laughs> enters, and at the beginning of your upkeep, Surveil one. It's called Unshakable Tail, so that's a hilarious name for a card. It's a three mana, three two. Whenever one or more creature cards are put into your graveyard from your library, investigate. And then pay two, sack a clue, return it from your graveyard to your hand. So this obviously automatically synergizes with Rutstein. Um, yeah. Because sure Rutstein, Upkeep, Mill, Mill, Creature, Make an Insect, and uh, a Clue. Um, and then there's the potential to make a food and a whatever with, alongside that. So I like this because of the fact that you can get it back to your hand. You can pitch it to like things like cards we mentioned earlier easily. Mm-hmm. Um, if people make you discard cards, you're not really care because you can potentially get it back. And uh, it's just interesting. You know what I mean? They've been forcing Clues on us for a while. And this is a yeah. weird way to sort of take advantage of that in black, where black really doesn't need the card draw, but they're not very well known for making artifact tokens in in this sense. Uh, besides, like maybe Ashnod, but even then, no one's playing Ashnod, so like no, no one cares no. about that card. So like, there's some consideration for this three two for three, but I don't know. That's just how I, I look at it. I think it's a it's a fascinating card. Because to me, this list smells like dredge. Like, this is what this smells like to me. Yeah. And, uh, or some sort of self, like some sort of milly aristocrat sort of deck where this is just looking to be your next version of a relentless dead or something like that. So I think this card is like, like kind of interesting and like for a variety of different shells. And 
not just red scene, but like with lots of different things. I think it's really like three mana three two is already pretty decent. The fact that it's got an ability use every that triggers every turn, um, I think that's useful. And then you know, anytime something goes to your graveyard, which is all the time in Commander, it's going to trigger the the. the it has to do it from your library, so that's the key kicker. It, but oh, it's really, I, but it's good. It's good because it surveils, so immediately you could pull something down. Absolutely, yeah, exactly. I'm thinking about and, uh, Runo, uh, Runo Stormkirk as well as some weird ooh, sort of synergy yes. where, like, you surveil, you put it in your graveyard, you flip him, and then you go to your draw. Like that would be cool as well because no, you can layer the upkeep and stuff. So there's some really neat things I think you can do with this. Uh, yeah, as, no, as I, a body. Yeah, 100% agree. I think the card is super interesting. And uh, might be not right. be get a lot of notice or a lot of attention, but certainly uh, worth exploring. I think. So I'm gonna, I'm done talking for now. Why don't we preview some of the cards that you that you had? Because you had some pretty cool ones here too. For sure. I mean, I think mine are a little bit more cut and dry because I think they're a little more widely applicable. But first one I have is Arch Arch Druid's Charm. So green, 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 instant. Choose one. Search your library for a creature or land card and reveal it. Put it onto the battlefield tapped if it's a land card. Otherwise, put it into your hand and shuffle. Or put a plus one plus one counter on target creature you control. It deals damage equal to its power to target creature you don't control. And then exile target artifact or enchantment. So this is in the same cycle as the Archmage's Charm, which was in Modern Horizons, I believe. And so they're continuing that cycle. And I think this card is... Sort of the sort of flexible card that was I, I've I've alluded to in the past that gets always is going to draw my attention even though it's difficult to cast. Um, I like this sort of card because of the fact that it gives me ex- the ceiling, feeling of being very safe that I have um, an answer that I can use instant speed to fight down your creature or I can exile that that uh, great henge or that whatever that winter orb or whatever it is you got um, before it totally demolishes me. And, uh, or I can, you know, if I need to ramp, I can go ramp with it. So I'm like, oh, I just yeah. sort of card. I just really enjoy I personally don't like the charm cycle. I've seen people do some nasty things with them. You know what I mean? But yeah, I don't like them because of the restriction on the mana. Just yes. because of the fact that like, I mean, Archmage charm is, or the blue one is really good because it's like a, force of negation or whatever but um i i'm very hesitant even though it has really three good very applicable modes and it would be easily slotted into mono green there's a reason in standard as well that people are only playing it in mono green because of its restriction Mm -hmm. or a side piece card for best of three but for for this for for commander um i think making choices is good uh, having multiple avenues to do things is is fine. Um, I'm not. I'm still hesitant because of the way that uh, I was sort of <laughs> christened into the game. Because <laughs> me by because my friends, he, it was it was always double spelling a turn or triple spelling a turn. So like for him, he would never hold up that mana for this card. He would play three things that would smack the absolute bejesus out of you beforehand so i think i think like this is a good example of one of those cards where some decks will like salivate over it but most decks mm-hmm. won't. like it's not worthy yeah. of, it's not worthy of a slot in my opinion but if you're able to do something with it bruce go for it like well 
I I think it speaks to my relative like willingness to disregard the mana cost, mm-hmm. and like I don't think triple green is that hard in decks that I have green in. I think I have no trouble yeah. hitting that. Well, like um, Xenoghost, like I would play it in Xenoghost because it replaces like a decimate or something, right? It's yeah. just better than that card for efficiency. Yeah, I know. Fair, fair and I play enough. a lot of mana dork, so it doesn't even affect me. But when it comes to like. Uh, a deck with blue in it, blue green. Like I wouldn't play it in blue green <laughs> in Simic. No, I probably I, wouldn't play it in you know Simic. I mean, I mean green white. Yeah. yeah, I probably play it in green white. I probably play. It think in so? Green white. Right. I think so. I want. I, I want to put it in Dagatar and see if it works. Yeah, I, I might put it in Dagatar because it's got. I want it you has to a, test it against me. If you do end up picking up a copy and let me know how it goes, because I would love mm-hmm. to see what happens. Right. Yeah, for sure. If it said choose, if it said choose like two, that would be great. If it, it because oh, it only yeah. says choose one. That's why I'm like, eh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I get it. I totally so, get it. And I get, and, and mana cost, mana cost plus limited fun, limited applicability and whatnot. But I, eh. yeah, again, it's the sort of it works for it you. Appeals, it works for you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, exactly. It appeals to my older person sensibilities instead of you, youngins. So get <laughs> off right. my phone, Pete. All right, all right, all right. Stop yelling at clouds. Okay, okay. Go okay. ahead, Bruce. What's the next card? Uh, next one. I, next one. I think is uh, one that I. I, I ended up buying a pre-release kit and, again, not being aware of what was in the set. I opened this up and I said, good grief, look at this. So, Case of the Locked Hothouse, three and a green. You may play an additional land on each of your turns. Ding, 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 ding. We have a wiener um, to solve. You control seven or more lands, which strikes me as being super trivial. And then solved... Easy, um, you may look at the top card of your library anytime, and you may play lands and cast creature enchantment spells from the top of your library. Um, no, nothing there is a drawback. Nothing here makes me stop no. and say, "I wonder if I could actually trigger this." This is like the. Can I ask like, you a question, like a serious go, question. Go ahead. Why the, why the heck did they make it an enchantment? Because now all those silly little enchantment decks from the Absent oh. Precon are going to just sit there, play a bunch of stuff. And we're gonna sit there and die, and I'm just gonna be sad the whole time. It's, it's could they the have absolute... made this a body, or at least make it uh, harder something... to cast, make it like six mana? Yeah, I mean, like I like, like, like like four mana, you're at five already, and then five mana, like turn five, you're at seven. Yeah, yeah. Like what the heck? What is this? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. no, I know. Like I mean, at least Oracle Modai is fair, and that Oracle Modai can be killed, and this it reveals the top card for everybody. Yeah. This is just silly. I'm like, this card is pushed. Um, so uh, I don't know. I don't know why they did what they did. I think the development team is like, you know what land decks need more of? They need more of this effect. I'm Omnath, like, no, Omna- all the Omnaths are just going to play this and just they're just going to rip things off the top. And I'm going to be well, like... I think I, well, I think you're absolutely right. I think the enchantment decks, I think the landfall decks, I think the they're all just like drooling even over the, this card. Even like, the green stompy decks that, that might need a little bit more like gas. Yeah, we just, we just gave them a tank of gasoline. So here, Playboys, have and then fun. you said you put it in a very applicable sense where you put it in Slogurk, right? Is that what you told? Yeah, me? yeah, I went and put it right in Slogurk. So Why? I, I, well, Slogurk wants me to play. The trouble with Slogurk is that Slogurk gets down on the table, and then when you di- it dies or or is removed from the battlefield, you get lands back out of your graveyard, put them back in your hands. So you put three of them back in. And so you want to get those lands back onto the battlefield as quickly as you can to to to, to further your to, your your game plan, and so you end up stuck with lands in your hand, and you got to get them out of your hand to be useful again. So because 
you playing those lands and your Tatiova triggers or your AC triggers or your Rampaging Baloth or whatever it is that, that just pops off in green landfall decks. And so you, it, it went straight in there. And hitting seven lands of Slowgurk is trivial. Like, I'm going to do it by, like, without even without even trying. It just does it. So it's sort of like it was like a, a non, like a, just a non starter. I'm like, well, I'm just, this is obviously going in the deck. So in it goes. Um, but I think the card has lots of applicability. I think the card is actually really, really good. And it's a dollar twenty right now. So seems like a good purchase for most people. Yeah. Um, I guess the consideration would be as well, like when I look at these sorts of extra lands effects, I'm looking at it like will I ever because you can't can you play a stuff off the top? Yep. You can play creatures, lands, and enchantments. enchantments. So, so it literally gasses everything. Okay, fair enough. Uh, I have no qualms with this. Continue. Next <laughs> this card. card is, this card is next dumb. Card. Next card. Up, next card up is Leyline of the Guild Pact. So the mana cost is kind of a mouthful. $8 right now. Yeah, oh, because five kind of... color decks, they're all going to play them, understandably. Well, so. absolutely, yeah. So, Leyland of the Guild Pact. So, it's got a Celestia Hybrid, a, D- a Simic Hybrid, a Golgari Hybrid, and a Gruul Hybrid for an enchantment. Uh, if Leyland of the Guild Pact is in your opening hand, you may begin the game with it on the battlefield, just like all the text on all the other Leylines. And then each non-land permanent you control is all colors. I'm not sure how applicable that is, but I guess it's kind of neat. And then lands you control are every basic land type in addition to their other types. This, so, I mean... <laughs> I'm laughing in uh, some of my Voltron decks because some of them are like, you have protection from this color. So now all their stuff is one color, or every color. So now I can just hit them in the face and they die. <laughs> no, it's true. Yeah, for sure. Um, I guess that's, <laughs> that's, that, that is a thing. Um, yeah. And it's I look at this card and I'm like, is this really where we're going? Like, this is Chromatic Lantern 2.0. Because Bruce, it's like... I saw this in Standard. Someone killed somebody on turn 3 with Radis Firebrand with this card, and they put gave it, make it made it a 10-8 and gave it Double Strike and Trample with, uh, with, like a, with yeah. like a particular card. But, like, that's a meme way to kill somebody. This card, I feel like, it just makes it easier for all the five-color decks to do what they want to do, which I don't like. Although... Yeah. It also makes it easier for us to remove their stuff. So I'm actually okay with it because it's not like Leyline of Anticipation where they put it out on turn zero and then you can't respond to them the entire game because they can flash everything out. Yeah. Yeah. No, so this yeah, this card is like Right. It just it's feels weird. like it, well, it feels like it's just making five color decks like put them on easy mode. Like, oh yeah, like five color decks had it so hard before, because you know, we don't have perfect mana with our with our you know fetch lands and try lands and everything else under the sun so now we have of this enchantment that's just gonna like you know just fix all our mana so we don't need to think about it and uh oh yeah while we're at it we're gonna change all our colors of stuff and so we get bonuses with if we play color matters things like uh, it just feels like it feels like it's kind of like lazy design i think is my problem with it because like i can't deny i can't deny it's powerful it's a good card like the thing is silly but I'm like, this feels really lazy. I don't know. Like, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe this is answering some sort of need that I didn't know. Maybe Bruce, it's it goes right in the domain deck. I don't know. But it feels silly. Bruce, uh, just play Blood Moon, man. Just, just, just do that. Just, just house them because it, this this works you. like a, a Dryad of Azillion Grove, 
Where like if you play the Dryad first and then you play Blood Moon, then you have all mountains. <laughs> also, Swamp Walk, Forest Walk, Plains Walk, Island Walk, Island Walk. Mountain walk. So if they put this out, you're like, okay, I'm gonna go put put filth in my graveyard. Good luck. Yeah, no, you're you're not wrong. Or like, so my, like my Lord yeah. of Atlantis means all my things swim by and punch you yeah. in the face. So I think, weirdly enough, this card is overrated to me because yes, you fix for everything, but it, I don't care. Like most five color decks, when they do that stuff, when they're fixing like that, I still cr- yeah. like we st- we still crush them anyway because. They slow, like. Well, that, that's they're not they're not beating you because of this. They're beating you because whatever five color strategy is fucking. Part of me is right. silly. Is so it's I I have to go do some editing now. Um, what mark is this? Seriously, forty nine minute mark. Out of note. All right. Yeah. Oh, um, brutal. Well, this card is like this card makes me kind of angry because I don't like it because it. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Seems so silly. Anyway, let's go next. What do we got? Oh God. Okay. So um. I'm gonna just. I want to talk about unexplained absence. The other two cards I have are pretty obvious and how they're decent, but unexplained absence is cool. So I'm gonna talk about that one. It's from the commander set. So not many people know about this one because it's in my precon right now. It's uh, unexplained absence is three colors white instant for each player. Exile up to up to one target non-land permanent that player controls. Mm-hmm. For each permanent exile this way, its controller cloaks the top card. To cloak a card, put it on the battlefield face down as a 2-2 and ward 2. Turn it face up any time for its mana cost. If it is a creature card, mm-hmm. so it's like Manifest. Yes. Yeah, it's like Manifest. This card is great. You want to ah. know why, Bruce? Tell me why. I can exile a treasure token, and I can cloak the top card of my library. I can exile your oh. best card. You can cloak a land. I can play political and say I'm not going to touch you, but I'm going to touch that guy, and you're going to help me beat him, and then I'm going to beat you later, but I'm not going to tell you that I'm going to do that later. You're right? not. <laughs> yeah. Or I, put it in, or I put it in Glunch because Glunch is a Mimi deck, and this is a Mimi way to remove something. And also yeah. because when I make people put counters on creatures, that becomes a problem for me later. So if I can target that creature later, that's actually good mm-hmm. for me. Right? Yeah, so, no, for sure. Granted, it doesn't hit lands. I wish it did. That would be really cool. Oh. But I think for four mana, dude, you get to exile four things. Three things if you don't want to exile your own thing. And you get to choose. Some of these effects, it's like you don't get to choose, an opponent chooses for you. So this is pretty cool. This is like a white factor fiction removal spell. Uh, well, I mean, I'm not sure the comparison quite tracks, but yes, no, four mana, like, zap three things off your opponent's boards, and, you know, dump a, 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 what's it called, a cloaked creature off the top of your library, or uh, onto the battlefield, as an emergency, uh uh-oh, blocker, or, you know, whatever, and if you can manipulate the top of your library, all the better, because, you know, that seems like fun. So I I'm a big fan of of this card. I think it's pretty good. Again, we're we, all of our cards today have been on the more expensive end of things, and I think this is you know four mana well invested. Um, so I I think the card is excellent. I, I don't I, I I can see the upside. I can obviously spot the fact that like holding up four mana to do instant speed in white no less is awkward. It's yeah. probably a little bit awkward because if you're holding up mana and you're playing white normally, you're playing like blue white. But if you're playing like mono white and you play this card and you play like Elish Norn at your top end, then you don't care. No, it's true. 
So because uh, that card dies immediately. So I think I think it's good. Sorry, I'm going to like the zero to a hundred sort of applicability of this. Uh, granted, I wouldn't play this in every deck, like you said. I'm excited to test this card out, though. It's like thirty cents, isn't it? It's like a dollar. Dollar sixty right now, or so. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah, I mean, the other cards that I kind of put in here, we could put them in the show notes, but I don't really know. Like, I guess, what are you excited about? Well, like, I, I, wanted your, I wanted your opinion on a few other cards. Okay. So, um, like we've we've talked about some of these cards uh, in the past. But like, what is your thought like on intrude the intrude on the mind, which is a a sort of a splashy five mana instant. So three blue blue instant, reveal the top five cards of your library and separate them into two piles. So there's your fact or fiction feel. An opponent chooses one of those piles, put that pile into your hand and the other in your graveyard. Create a zero zero colors thopter artifact creature token with flying, and yeah, then put some sort of counter on it. This is better than fact or fiction. This is way better than fact. This replaces it outright because you get to choose the piles. That's crazy. And uh, you get to choose well, the piles. Reveal well, the top you make, five. You make the piles, your opponent gives you one of those piles. This is great, though, in like my Anello deck because I, I could just sack that token later to copy uh-huh. it. If I copied, I'm doing it for 10 cards, which is really strong. That that's is a, good, yes. That's 10% of your deck. And if you've already drawn your opening seven and you've also drawn a few cards, and you drew this, say that you drew this on turn four. You're just digging deeper and deeper. Mm-hmm. No, you're not wrong. I think I think the card is like is Thank very you. good, but it feels like I don't know if I feel dirty playing it or not. Like it's 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 a weird game to play with your opponent where you play chicken with them and mm-hmm. like figure out which pile is the right one to give me. Um, well, that's that's because you you make it so that none of the piles they choose will ever benefit them. Well, yes, right. <laughs> like yeah. I don't know, blue-black is like, ha-ha-ha, like, <laughs> jokes on you, you know, or like, even your Slogurk deck, that that, uh-huh. that could be very, very viable, because if you can move counters around, like, with the Ozolith, or um, if you're doing an instant speed to get a blocker out, that's pretty freaking good, too. Yeah, no, for sure. So, um, what about this one here? This one, I think, has been, you know, people are sort of maybe sitting on it. Yeah, um, we have Case of the Ransacked Lab for two and a blue. Oh, yeah. Instant, I've seen this one. Instant sorcery spells you cast cost one less to play or ca- to cast, which always gets people interested. To solve, you, you've cast four or more instants and sorcery spells this turn. Solve, whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell, draw a card. The so, solving part is very steep, but if you're in the yes. right deck, it doesn't matter. Like, if you're in the Is It Spellslinging deck, you're fine. Um... If you're able to, I don't know, play a ton of cheap instants or sorceries that turn, or, or play other pe- or play other people's stuff potentially, Ooh, like say, yeah. say you swing with a tolly, um, and you or you play a tolly and you exile the top card and they're all instants and sorceries and you cast them all just to cast them even if they don't have a target, just so they fizzle. Mm-hmm. You could potentially yeah. level this up too. So it's like a weird way that you could potentially get there. Um, isn't there? I mean, Narset does it. Narset, uh, Enlightened Way does it. The, uh, the, the Hexproof girl. Um, she could do that. Yes, yeah. Yeah, I think so. so. That would be easy to enable it. Um, it doesn't copy, so it doesn't do the copy thing, so that's good. It's a little yes. bit harder to pull off. I don't know if it's worth worthy of being played when you could play the Archmage creature instead. Because uh, it's easier. Yeah, yeah. Cause it's, just, it's just immediate value, where this is like kind of slow. 
But uh, no. I do like the reduction. I think the reduction is sneaky good. Um, that's why I was thinking storm decks because I think storm right. decks want that's multiple pretty obvious, copies right? of that. Yeah. What would be like an uh, like a less obvious way to uh, utilize this deck? Maybe you're playing a little bit more like removal heavy Esper control or something. Maybe yeah, or like a blue black deck. Maybe you're going to use use this to help Wait. power out mill spells. Blue green ramp. There you go. Ooh. I broke it. Ooh. You play your Farseek, your Cultivate, your whatever for two mana piece, one mana piece. And that's so you, where you churn, you turn through your you're gonna you you cast your ramp pieces to go draw you cards, and then you use your land cards yeah. to go and draw more cards, and then you win the game with a lab man. <laughs> <laughs> so so turn so hold on so turn like five. You play Farseek for one mana. You play uh, revisits for one mana. You play. Uh, rampant growth for one mana, and then you play like. And then play a brainstorm. Why not? Yeah, a brainstorm first on your upkeep or something. Yeah. Then this thing gets solved. Then you have like maybe you have one mana up for like a dispel or that's bad a swan song because you're playing all the good cards. <laughs> yeah, there we go. yeah, I'm playing the good cards. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> you're simic, you're playing all the good cards. Um, exactly. Or like you tap your mana for double, so it's easy as heck to pull pull this off. Yeah. Right? Yeah. For sure. I, or you're I playing all the additional lands, right? You're playing a case stack. You don't care. You're just yeah. ripping lands off the top, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah, you're having, just having fun. Do it, doing your thing. Just, just being doing a, a nasty. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, let's talk about Bolt Bender real quick. That's a card that yeah, you hate, this is, but I think it's I great. Well, yeah. I would say I, I hated it when I, when I initially read it, and then I thought about it, and I'm like, maybe I hate it less you than I You change your mind too late. <laughs> Yeah, so let's 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 Excuse read me. Bolt Bender. Can I read it? I want to read this card. Sure. So a three and a red for a four-two Goblin Wizard, which is weird stat line four-two. Anyway, has disguise for one and a red. Um, and then when Bolt Bender is turned face up, you may choose new targets for any number of other spells and or abilities. So, real quick, I yeah. first thought of Zada because it's a Goblin. And yeah. say someone plays like um like a buff spell to buff their whole team. Yeah, I you mean, could buff your yes. whole team instead. Okay, or question. protect. Question. Yeah, go for it. Go for it. Question: How many other decks play a lot of combat spells looking to pump their creatures? Uh, I play a few, but that's because I'm special. Yep. 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 <laughs> but I would say, generally speaking, most people in Commander have moved away from playing combat tricks because the effect is too fleeting. So they end up opting sure. for more permanent effects. So I don't think that is going to be a particularly common way that this gets used. Just my. What about um? What about like? I mean, you can change targets of spells to you, which is cool. Like if someone plays like a cantrip you can change it like it says target player draws four cards you get to draw four cards instead no i hadn't even thought of that and that's just like the most also protecting your bit your best most date like most you know glorious thing you could change like a kill spell like a murder let's do a better one path to exile to the other person's creature you could change it from the target being your creature or another opponent's creature to the other thing you think is a threat so you could play it politically as well yeah, absolutely. Well, that's where I was going. Removals. This is like deflecting SWAT for a removal spell. But the fact that you could use it, like, if they cast, like, let's say they cast, for argument's sake, just something simple like a divination, you could then steal their divination. Right? That's without. Nobody plays that anymore, but yes. Old man. 
I well, I know we don't play divination anymore, but everyone <laughs> understands what divination is. Yeah, it represents yeah, 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 any card sure. draw spell, and so you can go and steal their cards without needing to go have Notion Thief steal their cards for them. Though really enough to like speller ability. There's a lot of interesting abilities out there now too, right? It's true. It is true. Like it, it's it's like it's like Willbender in a sense, where like it sort yeah. of stuffs out something sneakily in a color that needs that sort of protection element. I think I think it's it's underrated. I, I think I misjudged this when I initially read it, as I think I was turned off by the fact it was a disguised creature. Um, because I didn't. I I usually assume disguised creatures are in different color patterns than red because they don't. They not It's not what I associate with with disguising or face down morph style creatures um but this ability to turn it face up is is very powerful it's deflecting swat on a creature and so if you're not if you're not down with that you have like what are you doing it's nuking the abilities is what i'm getting to like where i'm looking at it you can change any number of abilities to something else which you can fizzle the abilities Mm-hmm. Like if they're playing, like cards that synergize really well together, like humans, right? Like whenever a human enters the battlefield, put a plus one plus one counter on this human. When they go yeah. to do all these triggers on the stack, you can flip it over and you can move all of the triggers onto something else, or you can fizzle mm-hmm. all the triggers. So I think it's very very sneaky. Uh, all the attack triggers, all the upkeep triggers, like you could skip someone's upkeep trigger oh my goodness i guess you yeah yeah you can i mean on oh. the beginning of your upkeep like phyrexian arena or something <laughs> instead of them drawing a card on their upkeep you change it to you, like you draw the card or yeah, yeah, yeah. Or whatever. so again you can only do it once unless you're able to manipulate it to turn it back over well um, let's be real the, the way those those things exist you can probably do it I'm gonna probably put it in Jaxus and see how it runs. I might just like because I have Cloudstone Curio in there anyway. So. Oh yeah, there we go. Yeah, yeah. that would be strong. Um, but anyway, uh, I think any other cards that you want to talk about at at last minute here? I, I'm pretty well, much cooked. I'm pretty good. Yeah, I mean, I was gonna talk about the land cycle, which I think are good. Um, but yeah, I we'll mean, put it in our free real estate update because you know the economy's bad yeah. and and you know real estate's hard to get into, but we're gonna help you. As planeswalkers get into real estate in the next few episodes, we we yeah well we we will we're do gonna revisit one of, one of our favorite episodes because we did do a deep dive on lands like early on when we were together, yeah, and it was a fun episode. I think we should update it because there's a lot of utility lands now that have been mm-hmm. pushed. Agreed. Yeah. So, and then right. last one, the Niv Mizzet Guild Pact. I mean, uh, Niv. Yeah, let's 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 run that one too. So. Niv. Uh, is it so Wooberg, so white, blue, yep. black, red, green, six six dragon avatar, legendary creature, flying, hexproof for multicolored. Whenever Nivmizic Guild Pack deals combat damage to a player, it deals X damage to any target. Target player draws X cards and you gain X life, where X is the number of different color pairs among permanents you control that are exactly two colors. Is this any darn good? You can reanimate it. Yeah, that's, that's so much. Uh, I, I want it to have haste. Is what I want. The, I the other, the other consideration is like, if you can clone it for some reason, like with uh, what's that six mana flip a coin clone, uh, Mirror March. 
Oh my goodness! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, Mirror yeah, March, yeah. Mirror March gives it ex- ex- exile or whatever. But you could potentially win a game that way. Or um, if you're playing like all like all the cool jumpstart effect cards, where it's like two colors. Uh, I guess the problem is the restriction of the permanents have to be two colors. Yeah. You have to have different color pairs. So, like, they're going to play Faber Elder. They're going to play mm-hmm. um, probably, like, Rassios to dig through their deck or something. But maybe they play Balmor and go combat tricks. That would be cool. Maybe, yeah. I, but, I'm, really, yeah. I'm kind of of the opinion that this one is probably one of these ones that's, like, not going to be a really heavily played commander, but it's going to go in, like, another deck um thinking maybe in like ur dragon because i think this doesn't need to be played in a ravnica style two color like heavy focus deck this is just like that's this the first niv mizzet like five color niv deck niv mizzet reborn is a really good card card draw engine right where you draw a bunch of cool cool cards off your entry end of the battlefield trigger this one is a as a combat trigger where you have to deal combat damage to a player to get the trigger means that it's going to be much more difficult to make this one be viable as a commander because everyone can see it coming. But if you can hide it in your deck, like an Ur Dragon or some other big five color deck, and just smack some people with it out of nowhere, you know, you slap yeah. some you, you play it, slap some boots or some greaves on it. And go to work. Mm. I think this is going to be where this sort of goes. I would rather just play the other Nimbusit from Aftermath that gives all your instant sorceries jumpstart because it's just better. It's just mm, way better. Yeah. yeah, I mean, maybe you're onto something there. I don't know. I just, I don't. They just try to make a cute card, I think, and everyone's looking at it like, like, so what? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think I yeah. started to ask these questions, like, when I look at cards now, as my finishing touch for this sort of discussion mm-hmm. where I, I look at the card i'm like okay it does this stuff but but how does that why do i care like why should i care or yeah. like so like so what like what else like what else happens with it like we can talk about how cards are good and bad all day long but there's always going to be one person who's going to figure out a way to break the card which is nice to see mm, yes i i think they aren't really like you said i think it's a design issue not a skill issue <laughs> <laughs> well i think with this one they are they, they keep trying to make a interesting niv visits and they sort of back themselves into a corner again where they're like well we've had one with a cool etb and we have another one with a sort of fun effect and it's got to do combat damage this time and like well that's just yes. that's less more disappointing because it's because it's it means it's gonna either have to have haste or well, go a whole turn cycle so. you think a double strike would be good Oh my good grief. Yes, it is. Because you so, hit them twice, commander damage. Honestly, like, if you can find a way to get all 10 color pairs out, you deserve to win the game anyway. You're not wrong. You're not wrong because that's, a, that's, a, that's, a, that's no small achievement. It has so. to be exactly two colors. So you're playing some weird cards too, like cards that you don't see play all the time. Yes, it's true. How many two color pair cards are playable in commander? I mean, there's not really that many. That I can think of off the top of my head. I can't really go and think of too many right off the top of my head. I would have to go and do some homework. But uh, I, I think it's Lana were dead. Two. Yeah, no, Lana were dead. I don't play that card. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I haven't played it ever. 
So uh, I think the card is I think the card is interesting. I mean, I I, I it's a puzzle. I think uh, Niv Mizzet is, and I think it's a puzzle cool. that some people are going to take up, and uh, I'm going to cheer them on from the sidelines. But I think it's a cool card. All right. Yeah. But I think you're right. I think it's probably time for us to draw this to a close. We've killed enough cards. Well, I think I think my my excitement for murders at Karlov Manor has been satiated for this week. So I'd be quite prepared to. Let our, let our audience move on and have a rest of their day. So, uh, Pete, yeah. if people wanted to reach out to us, where could they find that information? So we've got uh, our social media in the show notes. We're on every possible platform. We're also on... Uh, we're also, we have a good, a good active email. We check, check it a few times a day. And uh, epexperiment uh, at gmail.com we're we're working on some other ways to push ourselves a little bit further up and out of our comfort zone too. So be on the lookout for uh some collaborations and some other directions we're trying to take our little tiny show. Uh we're yeah, we we we've got we've we're we're trying hard. I mean, this is the year for us, I think. This is the year of the epic experiment. So we we appreciate everyone's support. And if you have any questions, concerns, and you want to see some difference from us, please let us know. Uh, drop us a comment on X, or, or you know what I mean? Or you can uh, hit us up uh, over over email, um, Discord as well. And yeah, take care, everybody. Thanks, everybody. Talk to you soon. Bye.